0: Welcome to episode 157 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Below and I am really grateful that you have decided to join me today. I want to kick off um, by thanking uh, Veggie Gal, who left a lovely review on iTunes um, just yesterday on August 9th. And she wrote, as an introvert and an entrepreneur, I feel like I've found my people. I don't always have time to listen to all of them, but whenever I do, I feel I've received something very meaningful. It may be something tangible, such as a new book to add to my list, or a business or service to support my business. Or it may be something that changes my perspective on my business, life, or both. Thank you so much, Veggie Gal, for taking a couple of minutes to share your experiences with this podcast and leaving a review on iTunes. Um, If you are a listener, whether you're fairly new or a long time listener and um, you have a couple of minutes reviews do make a difference they help people to find the podcast to know if it's worth their time and um, and it gives me some feedback about what people appreciate and um, or could what could be improved about the podcast so um, take a moment to subscribe and take a moment to leave a review I thank you for that and everyone else listening thanks you for that It might sound like i'm a little bit different than usual because i'm following my own advice from a newsletter that i sent yesterday that i titled the unscripted introvert and surprise personalities this was uh, inspired by a video that i watched of jim carrey it's a mini documentary it's about six minutes long and it's called i need color and it was just posted about three weeks ago And it, of course, shows a very different side to Jim Carrey than what we are used to. We're used to seeing the very extroverted, over-the-top kind of energy that he projects in many of his roles, I would say probably at least 75% of his roles that I'm aware of, um, where he's playing this really outrageous kind of character. And I have never found those kinds of characters to be appealing, and therefore I I just don't pay much attention to them. And they, they make me kind of uneasy and uncomfortable. And it was through the Facebook comment thread on that particular video that led me down this path of thinking about, you know, what is it that makes me uncomfortable about those very over-the-top personalities? It's not like I can't be... Uh, Well, saying outrageous is probably putting it a bit strongly, but it's not like I can't be exuberant or enthusiastic and excited, but it's just typically not my style. And so I, I kind of shy away from people who tend to have that type of energy. So I'm taking this opportunity to kind of reflect on that because usually what annoys us in others reflects something that we need for ourselves. It reflects something that we um, might be craving or that we feel like we're missing. And it's worth it to take a little time and reflect on what is it that is really annoying me? And what if I think of it in terms of what does it say about what is missing or different in my life, what do I want to do with that noticing? Are there places, here I'm speaking for myself, are there places where I can be a little bit more over the top or outrageous or spontaneous? Um, Even doing this intro completely unscripted feels a little uncomfortable, but it's also somewhat liberating. And I am... Um, appreciating that I have the space to do that here with you. And I encourage you to think of your own um, your own life, y- your own experiences, and those people that kind of rub you the wrong way. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, if they rub you the wrong way in, in terms of making you angry or upset, that there's something good in that. But I'm, I'm speaking more of, you know, maybe those outrageous personalities. Or even I've learned in business the the person who seems to be promoting, 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 and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Um, It annoys me. I have to look at that and say, okay, so what is that telling me about myself? Is it saying something to me about, you know, pushing my buttons because I feel like I don't do enough promoting, or that I'm not putting myself out there with the frequency that I should be? I had a coach mentor who would call this, you know, what's the homeopathic dose that you can take from the other person that will benefit you and your energy and your success? So this is an opportunity to do that now and um and thanks for, you know, hanging with me here for a few minutes while I share that with you uh because I think that um the more we are able to look at those situations that are, you know, kind of staring us in the face and pushing our buttons, uh the more balanced we will become because it's all in service of the journey of becoming a whole and integrated person and that includes embracing parts of ourselves or even parts of other people that we might not feel are intuitive to us, but still have value. Also, you know, just before I dive into our conversation with Kate Boyd about marketing strategies and being able to sell without feeling icky. I have, speaking of selling, uh, you know, I do have two events that I want to make sure that you know about that are coming up. Summer has been a little slow, so things are going to be picking up here in the fall and specifically in September. We're going to be resuming with our virtual networking for introverts events. And the the first one of the fall is on September 28th. That's a Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. The special guest speaker is Kwame Christian. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you have heard him on as a guest twice before, um, I think both in the past year. I love talking to Kwame and think he has so much value to add in the conversation about how to negotiate with people, whether they're, you know, it's a smooth negotiation, or maybe you hit some troubled waters, um, as well as the art of persuasion. In the course of the virtual networking event, he will spend about 20 minutes or so, um, both presenting a little bit of content, as well as taking your questions about sticky negotiation situations and the art of persuasion. So again, that's on September twenty eighth, And I will include a link to that in the show notes. Or you can just go to the website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com/slash/virtual-networking-introverts. The other event that I'm excited to announce is the next virtual book group. We'll be doing a deep dive on the Introvert Entrepreneur. It's five weeks long. It starts on September 13th and runs through October 11th. It's a small group of introverted leaders and entrepreneurs who want to, again, you know, do that deep dive into the book and not only, you know, look at what is presented from a theoretical standpoint, but really the the objective is to see how you can practically apply the tips and the concepts and the ideas in the book to your own business. And during the course of those five weeks, you will have plenty of opportunities to establish goals for yourself that um, move you along and make progress towards whatever is most important to you. And you can use the group as a place to process some of that, um, to set those goals and to hold yourself accountable to reaching those goals. When I wrote the book, my goal was that it was not going to just be something that you read and that it sat on a shelf. It was that it was a living and breathing entity that, um, you know, you could use to infuse your business with some new life and some new energy and that you would actually take action on it. And that's what this book group is all about. Again, that uh, link will be in the episode show notes and registration is open now. And the first Kickoff meeting is on September 13th. Space is limited, so take a look and uh, I hope you'll decide to join us. I'd like to introduce my guest for this podcast. Her name is Kate Boyd. Kate is a launch and marketing strategist who helps entrepreneurs to make a bigger impact with less hustle which sounds really good to me (laughs) by optimizing automating and delegating the marketing tasks that they don't enjoy. She combines a journalism degree, three years of online business experience and five plus years in nonprofit marketing to help others grow, nurture and mobilize their tribes so that they can have success and have time to enjoy that success. Hi, Kate, welcome to the introvert entrepreneur podcast. I am very much looking forward to our conversation today. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Well, what is making you smile today?
1: Today I actually got out of the house, (laughs) which is kind of nice. (laughs) I went to a luncheon with some friends of mine, so that was kind of a nice change of pace. So that was lovely today.
0: Do you work out of your home office?
1: Yes. Yep. It's right across from my bedroom. So I don't have to go very far to go to work every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nice commute. Yes. (laughs) Great. And it makes those times when you get out that much more uh, special. Totally. Well, let's give uh, listeners some context for our conversation about, you know, your perspective. Um, Where do you feel like you fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? And how has that awareness influenced your path?
1: Yes. So I'm as introverted as they come. Um, The last time I took a Myers-Briggs test, I was like all the way over on the introverted side. Um, And I think that awareness has just been really helpful in helping me understand, you know, why I... Like certain activities or why I feel drained after this thing or that thing. And so it's really helped me to mm-hmm. shape my energy to be able to plan my days, my weeks, my schedule so that I can show up and give my best to the people that, you know, need me to. And so it's been really helpful in just creating an overall awareness of, you know, how I operate and how I can lean into that to be more successful.
0: What would you say is the most important thing you do, and and it might be a piece of self-care or a way that you manage your time or your energy that, that you feel like is most important to sustaining you as an introvert?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of main things. One is I take about an hour every morning to really do some reflection, mindset, I incorporate reading the Bible into that like I take an hour every morning for myself before I jump into anything else and the other big thing is the way that I set up my schedule is so that you know I only see clients a couple of days a week or I batch all of that Um, or if I have a big chunk of that then I allow room in my schedule for other things so um, for like introvert time after something like that with a lot Mm -hmm. of people, or I've even arranged my services to where now I really go deep with people. I think that's been really important for me to recognize that, you know, one-off little calls here and there that are 20, 30 minutes don't always, um, those drain me because I feel like there's a lot of pressure to perform, a lot of Mm. needing to show up and be excitable and all those different things. And, when really, you know, I need for longer conversations, for deeper things, for really getting into things. So I've actually structured a lot of my services around getting to go deep with people in their businesses, because that's been really a key part of how I can connect well with my clients and how I can serve best with my clients.
0: Yeah, that is an awesome application of an introvert's tendency and desire to go deep on top, you know, I always think of it as in topics, but it's also with people, you know, we want the depth rather than the, the breadth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you have recognized that and, and oriented yourself towards that end. And, and I'm imagining what we're going to be spending the bulk of our time talking about is part of what helps to facilitate that for you. Um, because you advocate what you call a pay it forward approach to marketing. Yes. I'm curious about how you develop that process and how does that work?
1: Yeah. So I don't think it's a a radically different process. I think it's a reframe on an old process, really, because people look at marketing and they think advertising, they think commercials, they think in-your-face ads on Facebook, they think, you know, um, Facebook groups where you post things a lot or just showing up on social media and asking everybody to follow you. So people get sort of, um, because we know that there are certain things that we need that are are very important to our businesses, like building email lists, like, Mm -hmm. you know, having sales conversations, like creating opportunities for both of those things. But what we've seen is that the best way to do that is, by giving first, by being generous first, mm-hmm. by demonstrating our expertise first, um, and so that's really become the way that a lot of brands operate, especially online, where people that I work with tend to be are online entrepreneurs who are, you know, getting started or they're more established, but they're looking for you know more consistency in their business, and the best way to do that is through content marketing. So we give and then we ask, right? So we pay it forward at least three times mm-hmm. before we ask anybody to take an action you know, that requires some kind of exchange of value, whether that's an email address or money or time. Um, so it's really, it's not a new concept, I don't think. I think it's just a reframe on that so that, because I think a lot of people, they don't like that you know in your face and understandably so i think we're at a Mm -hmm. cultural moment especially where that's exhausted that just becomes like noise and we know Mm -hmm. that that's not effective on us so why would it be effective on our audiences and so we're having to figure out a new way to approach it by you know content marketing or marketing in general feels really really um intimidating if you are not a marketer, right? Like to me, it's like normal Mm. and I love it and I want to do it all the time, but most people don't understand, (laughs) um, you know, all the nuances or have as much fun or necessarily have those gifts. And so it becomes a really scary thing for them. Whereas everyone understands sharing their knowledge, paying it forward, Mm -hmm. giving away some of what they have and, you know,
0: showing up as an expert.
1: Everybody understands that and then they're a little bit more comfortable in stepping into that marketing role for themselves.
0: Well, I want to circle back because a question that popped into my head as you were talking was like, how do you have that balance, you know, between um, giving away too much Such that someone feels like I don't need to hire you or I don't need to buy your services, such as, you know, like, I don't know how many Amazon reviews I've read, for instance, Mm -hmm. of a book where somebody says, oh, I could have saved myself $15 if I just read this person's blog. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and, And we know, you know, both are important and necessary pieces of content and that's a perception perhaps that we as people who generate content and want to be generous with it are working against or you know there's there's some tension there how do you discern like how much do you share for free before you're crossing over a line and saying okay this should be something that's paid. And, and if I could, I'll just interject also, I think a lot of um, people who are in coaching and consulting also experience this in the form of, well, I'd like to pick your brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're picking their brain on a topic that people normally hire them for. To me, sometimes there's that there's a dance between being generous and paying it forward and giving it away and not giving too much away. I just wondered if you could say a, a, a little something on that. Sure.
1: So I think in all honesty, it's really hard to give too much away because the truth is there are are always going to be people who want the free stuff and not the paid stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's almost a mindset shift that needs to happen saying like, I have more to give. Mm -hmm. I know that working with me personally or getting deeper into these strategies or seeing the whole picture, the way that I paint it and package it is valuable. And having just that confidence and knowing that. And I think the other thing is, it's about a relationship with your audience, right? Mm -hmm. There are always, there are also, just like there are people who are always going to just take the free route, there are people who are just waiting for you to sell something so they can pay you back for all that they, for all that you've given. Right. Yeah, you have always heard yeah. the stories of people who like release a book and they're like, Oh, thank goodness. I can finally pay you. Cause you've done so much for me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, and I think, yeah. And I think the third thing is to recognize that selling in a way can also be a way to pay it forward. Right. I think we look at our services or, we know that they're valuable, we know that they can help people, but we look at selling in a way that feels really awkward or sleazy or icky. And, you know, as introverts, any of that that makes us feel inauthentic or not deep or not service oriented, we tend to shy away from. And actually reframing it into going, well, I know that by offering these things, you know I'm really helping my audience take another step, commit to themselves better, mm-hmm. create a better life or business or whatever else what other area you help them with um, it can help us to find our own balance and even to see those asks as an opportunity to serve in themselves. yes,
0: I remember a, a fellow consultant and coach who was who said something very similar in that by creating opportunities for someone to hire you or buy from you, you're extending to them an opportunity for them to express gratitude back to you um like you said for for everything that you've done for them or been able to give them um whether you know it or not you know you you might not always hear from those people i i don't know who's bought my book but i i hope that some of them feel like oh good you know i can somehow contribute to (laughs) this person being able to spread this message that is so important yes so i I appreciate that, that reframe that you're offering. There are all sorts of reframes so far in our conversation, which is awesome. And so you just shared, I think, part of what makes this, this strategy very introvert-friendly um, in shifting the way we're thinking about that sales process. Where might introverts need to stretch their comfort zones a bit in order to make all of this happen?
1: Yeah, I think sometimes in all of this, we want to go, we obviously want to go deep and not wide, right? That tends to be our tendency. But there is an extent to which that going wide with an audience is a way that we reach more people, that we serve more people, that we help. And so there has to be a balance of going deep and giving from our deep well, which we have, but also not being afraid to show up in ways that are comfortable for us Or sometimes slightly uncomfortable so we can become comfortable and push our comfort zones. Mm -hmm. But that we make sure that we are actually showing up on the different platforms or the different formats and all of that that our audiences want to consume where they are so we can actually connect with them and facilitate those deeper relationships. Because a lot of times maybe social media feels kind of safe, right, because it's behind a screen, Mm -hmm and not necessarily live in person, but it can also feel very surfacey. So finding a way to use our talents as introverts to see things from a different perspective, to approach things from a deep way into that can be helpful. And I think the other thing is to really not be afraid of some of these maybe the video and Mm -hmm. all of the new um, technology and ways to connect on social platforms has become a lot of, you know, actually in real time, which can be a little more intimidating. We like to sort of be behind the screen, be more comfortable. But I think people want to connect with us more deeply, right? Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what social media has created. It's not just for us to Disseminate content, it's also a place for us to actually connect with people. And people want to see Mm -hmm. that you're a human being and that maybe you do mess up, or maybe you do have a messy office, or maybe you've got a perfect office. I don't know. Maybe you're a super clean person. But they want to see behind the scenes. And so if you look at using and leveraging these new technologies or new platforms as a way to deepen your relationship with people, that can be a great way to start connecting with your audience and even, you know, facilitating the relationships that lead to sales for your business down the line.
0: Yeah, I found that some of the most powerful um, connections come when, you know, you've hit something when you get a response that resonates where people are saying, oh, me too. Yeah. Or I thought I was the only one. And the only way we can, we can get to those is if we are willing, like you said, to kind of expose um, the behind the scenes a little bit. And to to have courage with that, um, because we will get enough the Me Too's, and that not only um, serves the audience, but it serves us mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely, it helps to affirm our experience. So, it's valuable on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for encouraging us to do that because <laughs> it is really, um, it's really important. So, you also support entrepreneurs in their email marketing efforts. And I would think email is probably, you know, since it sort of, you know, came before social media, it was probably also another platform that since we get to, you know, put out something that's very intentional and edited and, <laughs> and, uh, and whatnot, it's an introvert-friendly means of reaching out to people. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Or that we don't make mistakes. Sure. So <laughs> so what's the biggest mistake that you see entrepreneurs making with their email marketing efforts? And what's the antidote to that?
1: Yeah. I would say there are two main things that I see. One is they're not consistent enough in their communication. Um, you know, they want to write when they're inspired or they want to sort of check out for a little while and then come back when they have something to sell. And that's not just an introverted problem. That's an everybody problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the issue is that again, we we have to go back to this relationship thing. We've got to make sure that we are consistently communicating giving value, paying it forward again, so that when we get to the point where we need to sell something, or we have something for sale, that we have established a relationship with people through that consistent communication. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, it's almost the same, I feel like it's the same conversation, it's the vulnerability piece. People love that we give them good information, but again, they want to know that we're human beings, that we relate to their experience, that we know what they're going through and what they're feeling Mm -hmm. and sharing stories or what we're going through or what we're learning alongside the other valuable tidbits of information that we give can give them a peek into who we are as a human being and make them want to work with us even more. And so I think It all goes back to the same things, right? Like making sure that we're consistent, we're communicating well, and that we're actually connecting with people and facilitating relationships through our marketing. And, you know, telling stories and connecting that way can really open that up so that you, you know, are relating to more of your people and they start to trust you more Mm -hmm. as a human being and as a service provider or course creator or whatever else that you do.
0: Well, I knew when I posed this question I thought I know what she's going to say consistency and Mm -hmm. gosh darn it if that is not one of my bugaboos um that (laughs) is an area where I am you know guilty as charged um and I'm listening to you and it's like yes 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 I I get it and I'm guessing some of my I'm I'm guessing I'm hoping I'm not alone (laughs) in um (laughs) in feeling challenged by that um I'll even confess, I got an email from someone who signed up for my list, and she said, I haven't gotten anything yet. Am I on there? And I'm thinking, oh, "Oh, no, no. (laughs) that's really bad. That is so bad. So if you're listening, um, the person who emailed me, my apologies. Because sometimes it's, you know, in the midst of things, I I can fall into that if you, you know, you're waiting for inspiration to strike, or you don't want to waste their time with, okay, I've got to send something out, so I better get it out. Um, I've always felt like I wanted to make sure that I felt really good about it, that it was something substantive and useful. And if I didn't have it, you know, if I wasn't feeling it, then it didn't go out. And... What I'm hearing from you is um, reminding me that sometimes uh, the truth is, I think, you know, especially if we are consistently showing up in other places, we're always going to have something to share. And it's worth it to do whatever we have to do, whether that's keeping an article file or a journal or doing something that helps us to capture ideas so that when we feel like the idea well is dry and like, I don't know what I'm going to write to people, I'm supposed to send something right now, but I don't know what, um, we can go back to that and pull on it so that we don't feel like we have to come up with an idea out of thin air.
1: Yeah. I love that idea. And that's something that I do too, because the truth is it doesn't have to be original content, right? It can be Mm -hmm, something that you did a couple of years ago or even six months ago that feels appropriate now. Or it can be, like you said, keeping an article file. Or a bank of stories Mm -hmm. that you need to tell. Or just even saying, you know, I haven't emailed you in a while. Here's why. You know, even that Mm -hmm. can be valuable so that they understand where you're coming from, what you're doing, and how they are a part of your experience.
0: Yeah, great point. All right, well, here's me being fortunate to be in the Pacific time zone because I still have time today. (laughs) Yeah, to send out an email newsletter. (laughs) And I think that's the other thing. It's like I used to make it much more elaborate and it it took days and and now I've stripped it down to where it's a much simpler communication, um, which which just feels better and enables me to just say, okay, I have an hour. I can do this. Yeah. You know, done is better than perfect. Yes. In this kind of instance, in, in my mind. Exactly. So thank you for that, that boost. And I am um, here, here too, for committing to um, getting out a newsletter <laughs> today, August 9th. <laughs> I've put it out there in the world and, uh, and trying to be more consistent in the future. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> before we, before we um, wrap up, I'm curious, because I went and I, you know, was reading your bio on your website, and you mentioned that you have five tattoos, And I'm always interested in, you know, like, what is so, so deeply important to someone that they put a mark on their body for it. So I'm curious if you could tell us the story behind two of your tattoos.
1: Yes, of course. Um, Yeah, I love that you actually set it up that way because I only get things tattooed that I feel like are deep reminders to myself, something that I need to be reminded of, um, whether that is from a specific season of my life or that I just you know, need to be um, aware of a lot of days in my life. And so um, my very first tattoo is actually, so I'm a Christian and I have a Greek word from the Bible tattooed on my foot. And it's the word loved. There's um, Mm -hmm. a book of the Bible, in John, where he is the writer of it. He was a disciple and he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved um and so that word loved or beloved in the greek is what's on my foot and it came from i was reading a book called what's so amazing about grace and he was talking about how that was john's first identity like it wasn't that he was you know a writer a disciple a Fisherman or whatever else he had been in life, it was that he was loved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that's such a powerful way to go through life, Mm -hmm. to remember that you're loved by God, that you're close to him. And so what if, you know, rather than the person who I am normally by nature, very type A, very much an achiever, um, very much attached to the titles and roles that I get often, um, to be able to say, you know what, that's not actually who I am first. Mm -hmm. Those maybe are expressions of who I am, but really my true identity is in my, um, you know, my relationship with God and how he loves me. And so that was really important for me. And I'm, Still really glad that I have that one. Um, I'm actually really glad that I have all of them.
0: So <laughs> I, That was going to beg the question, the is there one you would remove? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I
1: was like, that's going to sound like I regret them. And I don't. I actually love all of them.
0: So, <laughs> so
1: that's one. And then um, I have another one. I have an arrow that I got tattooed on my side, on my ribs. And that really came from actually about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I was coming through a real heavy time in my life of just dealing with some anxiety and depression and just needing to be reminded to be brave, to have courage, to step into who I was and not, um, you know, again, not identifying myself with these other stories that maybe I had in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just a really, I, as I was coming out of that, I was like, I really just want a reminder of what I've come through and, you know, what I've been able to step out of and who I really am again. And so I got an arrow tattooed on my side. And so that's been a really nice, just like, you know, to see every day and just be like, I am brave. I am, you know, more than it looks like on the outside. And I can, you know, step in and take on whatever I need to because I am equipped for it.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, I often hear of people that, you know, they get tattoos after a really significant time in their lives. And that significance could be something that is traumatic to them, or it could be something that is joyful to them Mm -hmm. but it's it's something that they want to absorb as part of their identity and therefore it's like a way of um, memorializing the (laughs) that experience to make sure it's it's integrated with them and it sounds like that's what what you had done there yeah, very much so. <laughs> and I love that, that the love um, piece as well, because I think regardless of where where someone falls on the, the religious spectrum, whether they consider themselves spiritual or even if they don't dwell in any particular belief, love is still something that is universal. And mm-hmm. And if we think about our emotions all being rooted in love or fear, which one do you want to live from, you know? Yeah. And and love is, if you're going to, you know, put, put any word in front of you on a consistent basis, um, it seems like love is the most universal and affirming that, that we can think of. So it's lovely. It's lovely to think of that on your foot. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. Well, I want to wrap up with a question that I ask all of my guests. And that's, if you were granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island and you could only take three books with you, uh, what would you take with you and why?
1: Oh, good question. So I would take the Bible because, like I said, that's a part of my everyday life, my routine, um, where I get a lot of truth from. And so um, I would certainly take that to be a part of – I would probably also um, take maybe a complete (laughs) – one of the big books, a complete series of the Chronicles of Narnia, I just really love those stories. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and C.S. Lewis is my favorite writer of all time for his nonfiction and his fiction. I just love him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a nice classic Pride and Prejudice that we can all, you know, get into. And even though, you know, the ending, you still get so caught up in the emotion of it. Um, you know, cause I think it would just be nice to sort of on Introvert Island go back to a really a place where I could relax and not necessarily take in a lot of new
0: stuff, but just let old stuff,
1: you know, replay to give my brain a little bit of a break would be nice.
0: Oh, lovely perspective. I don't think <laughs> I've had anyone p- put it quite that way, but that's a great <laughs> way to look at it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: terrific. Well, Kate, what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about your work?
1: Yes. So you can find me on my website at kateboyd.me or on Instagram and Facebook at Kate Boyd Creative. Um, so yeah, those are the best places to learn more about me
0: awesome and we will make sure that links to those sites are included in the episode show notes so I encourage uh, people who want to get in touch with you to please go there and follow up with Kate so thank you so much Kate it's been a great pleasure talking with you you've given me some aha moments I hope that I'm sure that my listeners have also gotten some aha moments so thanks for your generosity and your willingness to pay it forward
1: of course thank you for having me
0: It felt like some of that interview was a little bit of true confessions time. And it makes me think of a presentation that I'm going to be giving in a few weeks in Washington, D.C. at the International Coach Federation Converge 2017 conference. It's called The Delicate Dance of Authenticity, Vulnerability, and Transparency in Coaching. And vulnerability and transparency and authenticity is something that I have prized uh, from day one, not just as a professional coach, but as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, being able to share the triumphs and the challenges that have happened along the way, and to be really honest about them. And I did indeed, after having that podcast interview with, uh, you know, that conversation with Kate, I sent out a newsletter within a couple of hours. And um, one thing that vulnerability and transparency does is it helps you to be accountable. Thank you for being witness to that. And I hope that it gives you space to notice where you can have more transparency and accountability, or I should say transparency and vulnerability in service of accountability and taking action in your own life. A quick reminder that uh the, the two events that I mentioned at the start, the virtual networking for introverts is on September 28th. I hope you will join us. And the next virtual book group focusing on my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, begins on September 13th and registration is open now. I also offer coaching and fall is a great time to you know, dig back into your business and make sure you finish the year strong. So check out the website for both coaching and strategy insight session opportunities that you can uh, work with me and I'd, I'd love to dig into things with you. Thank you so much for joining me. I am especially appreciative of Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and Naja for the episode show notes that she provides for every episode. And I'm grateful to you for spending this time with me. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.